Holman, I don't think I can take you seriously in those glasses. Uh, do I look smarter? Yeah. You do know I? what? Oh. Well, because they're Dignified, the... is that because of my silver strands of hair that are starting to pop out, or is it... I think because those glasses, they're Oakley, so uh-huh. that's, a, that's a point deduction. Mm. However, the style is, is, po- is on point, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Because you have a round face like me. I do have a round face. Okay, and so when you have a round face, uh-huh. you should wear glasses that are squared off. You yes. don't want to wear round glasses. Ground glasses. Right, People make that mistake like all you have the time. Almond nut eyes or something it just, like that. It's, it's not all. Right. It's all bad. It, yes. Yeah, it makes you makes a. a By bad the way, these are prescription fatter. reading glasses. These aren't just like regular Oakley sunglasses. And they're slightly tinted, just ever so slightly. Well, there's an anti-reflective uh, coating on it. Okay. To, uh, Keep it from uh, I don't know, so I can see you. And they're they're Oakley, so they must be made of like unobtainium or whatever the hell name they made Iridium, up. Iridium, right? Exactly, I- something like that. Do you, you wear these often? Because we've done no. this is what fifty two shows, and you've never worn. Yeah, them. no, I, I uh, this has been a particularly crazy week, and I've been doing a lot of screen time, and my eyes are just feeling a bit fatigued, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to have to wear my reading you glasses know what? As, the show tonight. You know what, as your father, I'm going to have to put you on time out <laughs> I, from screen time. I, I think that would be fine. <laughs> I, would, I would love to have a, uh, a time out from screen time. I was, I felt like I was home for a minute earlier uh, today. Really? When, yeah, because you're always coming on the Truck Show podcast and not being able to share things. You're like, boy, I did something cool last weekend and I can't tell you about it. And I go, and, I, and then I squeeze you for information uh-huh. and you give me a tidbit, but then you're like, well, Wait, I signed an NDA. Are you saying that you have an NDA on something? No. Oh. But something pulled into our shop today, um, carried by a, uh, hoisted by a forklift, mm. and I can't say what it is and I want to share it and I want to talk about but it. But you always it, yell at me and tell me that's teasing, and I kind of feel like now you're the one teasing. I am teasing. So now I'm, I'm being Holman for a minute. And I and, and I will feel? I will be able it feels to feels great, doesn't it? Yeah, it's not as spectacular as some of the stuff you have uh-huh. revealed. Yes, but it was just neat to be. I was like, oh, this is what it feels like to so be embargoed. I can't talk I, about this. Should I one up you or just let you enjoy the moment? No, you can one up me. You got something? Well, next show. Yeah. So I'm pretty busy this next week. I have a lot of travel ahead of me. Okay. I'm actually going to go drive the 2019 Ram Heavy Duty officially, oh. and two days later. Yeah. I'm going to Michigan to go f- drive the 2020 Chevy Silverado heavy duty. You suck. So, But I'll get both of those before our next show. Okay. So then I'll be able to talk about it finally. Uh, so as much as I hate you for doing those things uh-huh. and I'm jealous, yeah. I am very thankful because our listeners will get a uh, get a sense of what those two new trucks are like. I am excited to finally be able to tell everybody because I feel like we have been, I don't know, beating around the tailgate for a while on those two trucks. <laughs> Beating around the tailgate. <laughs> I just made that up. Can okay. you tell? Yes. What are you holding, by the way? So our buddy Matt, uh, avid Wh- listener. Which Matt? Uh, Matt Elise over from uh, my work. Okay. Uh, he did our mic flags and some of our logo work. Oh, yes. Uh, I love Matt. Yeah. So he's uh, he's done some of our graphic stuff. And uh, by the way, logo creation goes to Mark Snyder, Diesel Power. But Matt has done a lot in creative services for like our... Uh, I don't know, just decks and and our mic flags and stickers and things like that. And yes, he's e- awesome. eager to help. Yes, very much so. Great. So he came to my office the other day and said, "Hey, I know Nissan's the presenting sponsor, so I took it upon myself to make some Nissan uh, designed shirts." What? And he's like, uh, "I just, if you guys are interested in some more shirt designs, maybe offering something like this as a giveaway with Nissan with our logo and their yeah. truck on it, or." Some other shirts that we could start, like a uh, Shopify account or something like that, or Cafe Press or whatever. Okay. And then sell truck show 
shirts to our people. I'm all about it. Turn, flip right. it around. Let me see. Right, so here's here's the, uh, the some of the Titan designs, which okay. I think are pretty cool. These are three different designs here. Yeah. So he's got okay. the uh, the Titan grill with our logo. He's got the. Uh, oh wow! So this is a uh, so it's it's grayscale. Uh -huh. It's a black T-shirt in grayscale. You've got the entire uh, Titan grill, and in the center of the Titan grill is where you'd see a circular emblem. Dead yeah. center is our Truck Show Podcast logo. I love the Titan XT with the Cummins logo down beneath. Pretty cool. That, that's very cool. And then the the next one over is same thing, grayscale on a black T-shirt. Front end. That's the whole front end of the Titan. Yep. That is cool. I, I think. Then there's a lifted one. And on the, the lifted one I love. Yeah. But for some reason, I gravitate to the grill because I think the grill is cool. I feel like if you if you know what's up, then you you know what I mean. You okay. get it. It's so, just a little inside. So these are with Nissan and Titan in in our our presenting sponsor, um, and so there's some cool ideas there. But then he made some other ones just for the show, which oh, I really like. Okay, wait a minute. Can I talk about the three on the bottom here? Uh, hold on, because that's going to tie into what I'm going to okay, show you. Okay, all right, all right. Okay, so <laughs> these you, are awesome. So you know those tactical shirts and stuff? They have like the flag on the sleeve. Yes. So what we were thinking is, what if we made shirts that had a smaller Truck Show Podcast logo on the on the breast, and then we had the flag on the shoulder, and then we switched out the design on the back, except the flag on the shoulder. Yeah. You check this out. Badass. Okay. How cool is that? Oh. <laughs> Five stars in the flag. So it's an American flag, but it has five stars instead of 50 stars. That isn't, isn't that cool? That is almost of epic proportion. <laughs> so I think we should do something with that. And then he's got one that says parameters mounted. Check. It is weird. I got to say this to you guys, the listeners. It is really weird to be holding a giant piece of paper in my hand. <laughs> and in the corner, it says the following, very professionally typed uh -huh. out because Matt's a pro. Uh, absolutely. It says, truck show podcast Merchandising. Yeah. Merchandising. I love it. We're two Yahoos uh, in a studio I, in Santa Ana, I California. Know. What kind of merchandising can but, we be doing? But I want to hear from people. Would you buy a shirt if we were able to offer some limited production shirts for a reasonable amount of money? I think maybe we should uh, think about that. Mini trucking. Slamming bodies since 1993. <laughs> I love the font on that one. Yeah. That, oh, can we use cool. mini trucking? We own it. Oh, that's right. Well, we don't own it, well, but that, not you and me. The, but the company yeah. that owns our show owns it. Okay. So we're good there. We got to do this. All right, let's get into the show. We got a lot of stuff to get to. Sorry, guys. We were just dilly-dallying talking about t-shirts. So Wait, before you start the show, we got to thank our presenting sponsor, Nissan. If you're in the market for a half-ton truck, head on down to your local Nissan dealer. Check out that new Titan or Titan XT with the industry best. Five-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And we can't forget our associate sponsor, Decked. Decked. For all your cargo solution needs, deck.com. All right, hit it. Truck Show Podcast. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck, because truck rides with The Truck Show. We have the lifted. We have the lowered and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that The Truck Show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. A lot of stuff to get to today. I think people really liked our last episode with King of the Hammer, so uh, I've got a little uh, a little treat 
uh, as a follow-up to uh, Dave Cole from uh, King of the Hammers last oh, episode. Okay, good. And, I want to hear uh, it. I, I, th- I think I'm going out to King of the Hammers. Good. Uh, remember Clint, listener Clint, yep. has invited me out. He's a volunteer at King of the Hammers. Very cool. And good he dude. says, I'm going to put you in one of those ugly orange vests, and yes. you can stand at the, on the side of the racetrack. Awesome. And I thought, wow, that's awesome. So, so I am going to try to pull that off. I can't guarantee it. I've got a busy schedule, but I it's it's such a good opportunity. Yeah, you got you to go check it I out. I got to go it's check awesome. it out. I think I'm actually traveling. Like I said, I've got the Ram and the Chevy thing that overlap KOH. So you got to go get the truck news. And uh, I'll try, I might be able to get out there one day, uh, but ah, man, it's so it's busy tough. right now. There's it's a, lot, a, it's a lot of driving and it's a lot of, you got to, yeah, yeah it's, it's a big just, endeavor yeah. to get out there. So one of us will try our best to get out to King of the Hammers. Hopefully we'll see you guys there. Hopefully you'll see lightning. And by the way, uh, if anybody takes a picture of lightning in an orange vest, just hit me up at, at Sean P. Holman uh, on Instagram with a photo, and I will be sure to uh, make some meme or shame him. That I would do the same thing. So you got to do it. Absolutely. All right. Uh, and also, you know where we will be? Uh, Lone Star Throwdown. We will be at Lone Star Throwdown. We actually, that is actually happening, and I know this because we bought plane tickets in a hotel room. And so that's legit. That's, yeah, that's, that's for reals. That's actually, actually going to happen. Uh, and by the way, I say for reals because it cracks me up. I know there's no S at the end of reals. It's just wait, one of what? those things. For reals. What? There's no no way. Because I'm not a 12-year-old girl, so it cracks me up. There's okay. no? Okay. Anyway, uh, February 22nd, 23rd, and 24th in Conroe, Texas. We are going to be out there on the Saturday night of Lone Star Throwdown. If you're going to be, come by B52 Brewing Company. We haven't got their permission yet. <laughs> well, <laughs> they're not going to turn down more I, how, Why would they turn us down? Yeah. We're going to go there. We're going to bring whatever T-shirts, the, all five of them that we have left. So first come, first serve on that. Uh, some stickers. And yes. uh, we might buy the first five people a uh, beer. We're going to buy a couple flights. Yeah, right. So <laughs> I, I wouldn't just say the first five. I'll do it until I run out of cash. How about that? All right. I'll bring it up for no. I, no, I, we do. As we stop in Vegas on our way there, we put everything we have on black, and whatever we win, that's our beer money. But what if we lose? And we're screwed. Nobody gets beer, <laughs> and you have to buy us a beer. Saturday night, we're going to do it from like seven to ten p.m. at B Fifty Two Brewing Company, and it's loose. It's just us. Yeah. Just look for the dudes in the Truck Show Podcast button downs, and uh, twelve four seventy Milroy Lane, Conroe, Texas. B Fifty Two Brewing Company, seven to ten Saturday night. Hope uh, to see you there after Lone Star Throwdown. All right, so getting back to KOH, uh, I've got a guest lined up tonight, which I think is going to be a bit of a treat for everybody. If you have ever followed Savvy Motorsports on Instagram, they're a shop here in California. That's S-A-V-V-Y? S-A-V-V-Y. They somehow got a Gladiator. No. Nobody has a Gladiator. The press hasn't even driven the Gladiator. When you say they got one, does that mean they have a commitment from Jeep they're getting one? No, no, no. He has the keys, and he's been ripping it apart from day one because they're making some sort of KOH race vehicle out of it. So You, you guys can't, out, stare my, you yeah. can't see my, my jaw so, gape. So I reached out to Gerald and said, hey, you want to come on our show and talk about the Gladiator? So uh, he's, he's game. I don't know the story I'm, behind I'm it. I'm still trying to process how he got a Gladiator. I don't know. That's I why we have to I just saw one at the LA Auto Show. How is... There aren't any... He must have the very first one that has been released outside the company. And I don't know what favors he pulled or what he signed up for or what he can or cannot talk about, but... Is this is this some it. kind of deal where, like, you know, the DeBertis, uh, what's Brad and his father, I think it's Doug, right? Yep. The DeBertis, and they get a Ford, a pre-release Ford, because they always yeah, but they're build building some for SEMA and stuff like well, that. Well, that's what I was going to say. They yeah. build a big truck for SEMA, so they get an early release. Uh, sometimes they're crushers, right, with no VIN. I wonder what if this I, is the that, case. Absolutely, yeah. This is in production. I don't, I don't 
don't even think the production ones have started yet, but it's a Savvy Off-Road, S-A-V-V-Y, Off-Road. So, Holman, normally we play intros once we get the guest on the show, but I have, my question is this. Okay. What the truck? What the truck? What the truck? Because what the truck was that? What the no? What the truck? Like, how did he get this gladiator? I've never heard that one before. You haven't? How about no. this one? What the truck? You've heard that one? I yeah, I like that one. Yeah. What the truck? Why do we fix the ones we like and then we don't fix the ones we hate? <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> it's us. Okay. That's why. This is Gerald. Gerald Lightning and Holman Truck Show Podcast. What's up, dude? Hey. Hi. How you doing? Excellent, excellent. We have a question for you that goes like this. What the truck? We heard that you have a gladiator. Yeah, how the hell did you do that? We're scratching our heads saying, what the truck? What the truck? What the truck? (laughs) Honestly, uh, Dave Cole had a lot to do with it. Well, we had Uh, Dave Cole on last week and he didn't tell us about that. Well, then we need to call Dave Cole and say, what the truck? Exactly. (laughs) All right, so what's the backstory? Because I was scrolling through your Instagram, and I stopped and went, hey, cool, Gladiator. And then I scrolled through, and I went, wait a minute. And I scrolled back, and I go, the hell does Gerald have a Gladiator? Why is he doing a burnout? It has no doors, and I'm very confused. And so I had to reach out to you and see if you would uh, come explain yourself on the uh, Truck Show podcast. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, well, we were fortunate enough for us to – that Jeep uh, actually – you know, let go of one of their gladiators for us to prepare for the King of the Hammers. We're gonna what? Be racing yeah, we're going to be racing one on Wednesday. Now, Gerald, before we get into it, what is your title over there at Savvy Motorsports in Corona, California? Head janitor. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes three of us. I have the same, yeah, the same, we have the same title. <laughs> Love that. All right, Gerald. So if you go to his Instagram right now, it shows a black gladiator that's clearly lifted. That has some big old tires on it and half doors, like tube doors on it. So his Instagram is Savvy, is it Savvy Motorsports or Savvy Off-Road? At at Savvy Off-Road and that's Savvy with two Vs. Savvy Off-Road, Okay. What's the backstory to this, Gerald? Is it because you've done other successful builds and Jeep knows you or what's the business arrangement here? So this is what they call a crusher. This Jeep at the end of the year will be destroyed. So (gasps) sad. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) They give us a chance to showcase what it can do. So- Mm -hmm. The whole idea is to um, try to get it to finish at the King of the Hammers. Robbie Gordon will be driving the desert section, and Eric Miller will be driving the rock section. Wow. Those are both huge names. And I believe, did Eric win a couple years ago overall? Yeah. Yeah, he's won twice. Yeah. And, and everybody knows won, Robbie. Yeah, and, and he's also Eric has also won the 4600 class once. Awesome. So what class is the Gladiator going to be in? It'll be in a stock class, the 4600. Okay. I, I saw a couple of your, of your pictures. You've been kind of playing coy on uh, on Instagram. What's uh, what's the plan? What's the build-out for it? And, and what are you doing above and beyond a standard Gladiator? The Gladiator's got to finish the, the Everyman Challenge. That's the first goal. In order to make any Jeep finish the Everyman Challenge, you got to beef it up, primarily in the axles and the, and the suspension uh, steering components. So we've done that. You know, so now we got to figure out how to make it all work with the Gladiator chassis because of all the electronics and all that good stuff. And no one has freaking seen a Gladiator yet. At least haven't you're you've got to be the first aftermarket shop in the country that's tearing down a Gladiator. I believe so. And we have, I mean, 
other companies have had the Gladiator in their hands, but they don't get to do what we get to do. You know, they're fitting for specific, you know, like a shock or an axle. Yeah, it's like a SEMA garage type of a arrangement right. where they're planning aftermarket shocks and or parts and things like that. What you're doing is you're wholesaling the chassis <laughs> and making it so it'll survive freaking KOH. That's all. That's yeah. next level stuff right there. So that's the goal. And then, you know, we've been uh, working a lot on uh, getting it to be prepared to also do some other uh, races like Baja 1000 and the 500. Awesome. Oh, my Lord. So you guys yeah. are uh, getting serious on this thing. Well, let's if you don't mind, Gerald, tell us specifically about what parts you're swapping. I mean, we, we it's it's obvious from your Instagram, you've got wheels and tires, et cetera, and you know you talked about axles, but what specifically have you needed to upgrade? And then I also am curious, Gerald, what parts were you surprisingly satisfied with? Like, oh my gosh, Jeep really came through on this part. I'm going to leave it. <laughs> Nothing? <laughs> Sounds like Gerald has an NDA and doesn't want to uh, tell us anything. <laughs> really? No. I, I mean, I really love the JT and JL engine platform. The 3.6 with that 8-speed transmission. It just gets it. I mean, it, it's a cool car. I mean, it's cool Jeep truck. And it's got a lot of power. I mean, the transmission really puts the power to the ground. So, you know, that is the very best. You know, I'm, and so now we're just, you know, working on a lot of things that to make a car live, you got to keep it cool. You got to keep the transmission cool. Those are all little systems that no one ever sees, but it has to get done to, to, to finish a race like this. And, and it uh, looks like you guys are running a Falcon oops. Wild Peaks and yeah. uh, a, what, a 37, 38? No, no, these are 35. 35s on that I, long wheelbase. I told you they wow. look small. Yeah. Yeah. The stock class, only you can only run 35-inch tires. Okay. Two-and-a-half-inch smooth body shock. No yep. Coil I saw you have some foxes going on right. with some air bumps. Electric, yep. You know, you got 14-inch travel. So it looks like we're squeaking out almost 18 inches of rear wheel travel with the 14-inch shock. Wow. It, with, axle, with the shock connection to the axle. So it, it works pretty well. And it looks like you're running a Dynatrack, what, Pro Rock 60 in the front? Yes. Front and rear. And obviously, we love the guys at Dynatrack, and we've had Jim on, we've had Tony Carvalho on before, and, and they make an incredible axle assembly. I'm guessing, uh, you guys, are you going to be upgrading the lockers or going with the factory uh, lockers on that? Well, on the Pro Rock 60s, you got to get used factory. Okay. So you, we're using the ARB front and rear. Okay, so you we have love, air lockers you know, front and rear. Also, a better yeah. choice for uh, for performance. People don't realize it, you know, just so our listeners know, there are... A ton of locker options. There's the mechanical ones, uh, like a GMG80 or a Detroit or something like that. There's selectable, but in the world of selectable, there's electronic and there's pneumatic. Uh, and then there used to be cable with aux a long time ago, and I haven't seen them around in a while. The primary difference between electronic and pneumatic is the pneumatic systems are, are typically stronger, and the amount of force that you can engage a locker with in a pneumatic system is far greater than you can do with an electric system. So when you need a fast engagement and something very positive, pneumatic, like the ARB air locker, is definitely the way to go. Quite a bit more expensive or no? Uh, yeah, I mean, because you, you have to get an air compressor and lines and stuff. I think the part itself isn't dramatically more expensive, and then you have to route the airlines and stuff, whereas on an electric, you just route the wiring, and it's a lot But lot is easier. the electric, which one is more dependable in, in this situation? The ARB. It is. Yeah, okay. ab absolutely. Uh, Gerald, do you agree? I definitely would agree. Yeah. So the, what's I mean, interesting is you guys are swapping out for the, uh, the Dynatrack uh, Dana60-based axles, and the new axles that come on the uh, JT and the JL are a new version from Dana called the Advantex. And they're made for efficiency, but they're supposed to be stronger than the old J, uh, JK axles. 
However, the ring pinions are actually ring and pinion are actually smaller uh, on their new stuff. So uh, that's a great reason why why uh, Gerald wants to upgrade to the Dynatrax is you get that giant ring and pinion gear and a lot more beef. I'm guessing probably what a 35 spline axle shaft. Yeah. Yep. Most of the time you'd get away just fine with the 44. You know, but in the rocks when you get bound up. That's when you break stuff. Absolutely. You're stuck and you're trying to get in and out or, you know, in and out of an obstacle. And there's nothing else to do but try and give it a little gas. But and then it, it breaks stuff. Yeah, the, the JT you know? and JL are package protected from the factory for 35s, which means they have done everything they could to make sure that a 35 won't break anything on the drivetrain, yeah. even though they come with 32s or 33s as a max tire from the factory. Yeah. So... Uh, what's what's interesting though is like Gerald's talking about when you get bound up, that's a whole different level. Now with the J the JT and JL's uh, steering system, well, it's completely ex- different. Explain being bound up because there's a lot of guys yeah. that don't off road. So if you're wedged into a rock and you can't steer right or left, or one tire has some movement and the other doesn't, and you put on your locker, which locks the two axle shafts together so that they can rotate at the same speed and and at the same time to pop you out. You're putting a lot of stress, especially if you're in low range, because you're multiplying the gear ratio and you're multiplying the amount of torque that's flowing through the transfer case, through the axle. And when you're bound up and there's a lot of resistance, that's when you start popping parts and things like that. That's so, when the, one of the tires will start going, rrr, 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 skipping on the rock. Well, that's, a, yeah, that's <laughs> typically when your locker is on. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, they're really actually not making any noise. Like there'll be a big hole. Yeah. And your tires are dropped in there and you can't go forward and you can't go back. Because you're, they're t- all the tires are bound up. Yeah, and you can't tight. steer. Oh, like I see. Can't steer. Everything's yeah, just wedged, sort of tight. You're wedged in, and you're so tight. So you try to get out by giving a little more gas, and that usually what pops a, you know, a U joint or a hub or one of those things. So what are you doing on the steering setup? Because on the JT, I'm assuming it has the similar electric steering assist that the JL has. And so in the past, when it was all hydraulic, you could rev up the engine and get a little more line pressure. But when I tested the uh, JL in New Zealand at the launch for the media... Is this where you were showing off? Yeah. Okay. There were times <laughs> in the uh, rocks where that trick you couldn't do anymore because the, the amount of uh, steering assist stays the same throughout, yeah. the, uh, throughout the RPM range. So that's a big issue. Um, PSC Motorsports has been really... They've been a really a big help in trying to make us... Let us work and get one of the assist kits on this thing. We're having a little, a little issues with the... Pump arrangement because on the JT the motor mounts are so big. Yeah, we're having a real hard time uh, getting the pump in place. It's all the so, stuff that nobody knows about until you dig in there, right? And it's like, oh, oh, here we go. Well, I'm curious about the interior. So you're obviously it's a race vehicle now. You're stripping it out. What are you doing on the inside? On the inside, of course, we got to put race seats. I mean, you know, so you put uh, five or six point harness in. So what we what we've done because different drivers are going to be there. We've made sliders. Um, the sliders work with the pump up and down, so they, they have good vision either way, and, and the seats can be set for anybody. And then in the back, we have added one seat, or we could add two, but we've added one for the third, uh, second navigator or spotter in this case. So uh, we're planning, well, it's hoping that Eric and two two co-drivers could go help him get through the rocks. Always helpful to have an extra co-dog on, uh, right. on King of the Hammers. A lot of guys have one guy, and sometimes that is not enough. Especially, I know it's uh, not enough, for sure. Yeah, especially if you have to <laughs> drive over somebody who uh, fell in a hole in front of you and get through the next obstacle. Forgive for me for not the- knowing, Are these? Are uh, this race, is it typically, it's two-seaters, right? Or are there often four-seaters typically. out there? Yeah, typically, typically two, two-seater. or there's sometimes there's yeah. one. There's guys out there who have a buggy that's a single-seater. Right. just depends on what your 
level of insanity is, I guess. Hey, Gerald, no, what are you thinking about uh, in terms of where do you think the truck will do really well, and what are the areas along the race course that you're concerned about? Well, I don't know what the race course looks like, but, you know, past, uh, of course, the rocks are going to be tough because it is a, a long wheelbase, but we've made a, this thing completely flat belly awesome. and, uh, 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 you know, plastic almost that to help it slide over the rocks. So it'll do really good in the desert. I'm projecting that because of the wheel the travel. The wheelbase too, yeah. And the yeah, wheel the wheelbase. Yeah, it's, it should do fine. It's I mean, cool looking. I mean, this is really the first one that I've seen, and it looks like you guys are going to uh, run it, uh, I guess, open top with half doors. Is that the plan? Yes. Uh, check your Instagram. Ah, yes. I just oh. pulled it up right here. Okay. So you've <laughs> got those tube doors are now covered in aluminum. And then you've right. got uh, sliders down the side, like a, a boat side um, rocket protection, which is cool. Right. So for people who don't understand boat sides, they're basically a piece of armor that wraps around to the pinch weld on the bottom, but it's at a 45-degree angle instead of at a 90-degree angle. So if you get hung up on a rock, you just sl- slide right off of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right. And then uh, <coughs> wheel-wise, are those methods or what is it? Race that? lines. Oh, race lines. Race okay. lines. Yeah, yep. that's, that's, that tire and wheel combination has won every year we've had it on our – on our 4500 car that car awesome. went every time it's been out so we've been using these tires and wheels and and we have not failed with them so we're, we're not going to change because of it give me some backstory to to savvy motorsports what tell me about your history for those that don't know savvy motorsports um we started almost 10 years ago um to build parts for jeeps um, my friend blaine johnson and myself decided that we needed to build aluminum gas tank skids and that type of product um, all most of it, all um, 6061 aluminum, just good stuff, good solid products for take us because we play a lot in Johnson Valley. So we wanted lighter Jeeps and ones that could hold up to the abuse there. And that's where Savvy was born when we were sitting around saying, what are we going to call this company after we build this stuff? I don't know. We're a couple savvy guys. And here we are. <laughs> now, were you already at other companies that did this or were you guys, were you an electrical engineer and he was a real estate agent? Like, w- how did you guys come together to make this? How'd you guess that? <laughs> <laughs> no, see, Blaine has been around forever. He's forgot more about Jeeps than most people know. You know, he wanted some products and I, he, I, he knew I was very interested in Jeeping because he helped me build some of my first Jeeps. And from there, we just kind of made it, made things happen. You didn't answer my question, Gerald. So he's a Jeep <laughs> fan. What did you do? How did you end up in this industry? I've been off-roading all my life, and in particular in the Jeeps for the last 15 years. Uh, I own a, uh, a contracting company that does okay, and this helps me take my free time and gives me a good thing to do. This is the what he does so that he doesn't get in trouble at home. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's good. It was either he has a job or he won the lottery. He's got a rich dad. Like, there was only so many <laughs> options. I was going to get it out of Gerald no matter what. And I got it. He's a contractor. I, he's, he, I love it. Who, by the way, has the very first freaking gladiator out there. I'm so jealous. I, <sighs> I saw your burnout picture, and I'm, I'm driving it next week up in uh, Northern California for the, the press launch. I'm like, nobody you, told me. How, you, how do I not know about you this? You were like, what the truck? I was what the truck. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. The thing looks awesome. So if you guys want to check out the uh, the progress on the build, head over to at Savvy Offroad. That's with two Vs on Instagram. Or by the time you hear this, you might see some good race pictures of it on Instagram as well. Well, that's going to be my last, my closer question for Gerald. Is this going to be like a SEMA build where it's up to the last minute or like you take the truck, you know, take the Gladiator out there and it's still not perfect. And it's like, 
you're waiting for the the uh, the green flag to go, and you're still you got to figure it out on our way. You're still you got a torque <laughs> wrench at the last bolt. Yeah. <laughs> Typically, I don't like to be last minute. I don't like procrastination. I'm very, that's my pet peeve. But this build, because I've given was given ten days to build it, which normally oh. takes me three to six months to build it. Yeah, right. Ten days. You know? yeah. yeah. So we right now there's five guys out in the, at the shop. Working on it. That's like the gift it. that keeps on giving, right? That's like somebody saying, "Hey, you want this cool thing?" You're like, "Yeah," and then they're like, "By the way, here's what you have to do." And you're like, "Oh crap! What did I just sign up for?" Or do you have TV cameras on you by any chance, Gerald? Is is Jeep documenting this? Or um, there's been enough media here that, that's kind of bothersome. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> I, I, he's like, I said, "Hey, Gerald, do you want to come on the podcast?" He goes, "At the shop." I'm like, "We can just call you." He goes, "Oh, that'd be perfect." Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you're a busy guy, Gerald. Get back to it. We want to see the Gladiator win the Everyman Challenge. And, and uh, uh, dude, congratulations and and good luck on the uh, the race next week because uh, I think everybody's going to be following the Gladiator. Such a new thing and and I being able so. to see you know it in action for the first time and out where it belongs in its element on like some I mean, real wheels and tires. As, as awesome. a, Gerald, as a consumer, as just a dude, uh-huh. are you happy with it? Because I went to the LA Auto Show after Holman got me all hyped up. I went and I saw it and I was I was like. I've never been a Jeep guy, I'll be honest. I think they're cool, but I just have never been that intrigued by them. And I saw the Gladiator, and I thought, wow, like this is the first Jeep I could really see myself buying. No, funny that you say that. I was not a Gladiator fan. I mean, I went up to L.A., looked at it, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when I got to actually play with it and start taking it apart and looking at how it was built, I was uh, more than impressed on what they've done with it. Oh yeah, it's you know, it's 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 a it's a cool truck. I mean, and it's a fun. truck, right? I mean, yeah, the, the thing about the truck, it's not a lengthened JL. It actually has no. its own frame. It has best in class towing and payload, and it's built strong. And so, if you were able to crawl under that thing at the auto show, you could see the differences between the JT and the JL, and it's substantial. And they've done their homework, and I think they've put together from the factory something really special. But I'm even more stoked to hear Gerald give his opinion on it because it's like he's the first one to really pull one apart. That's why I'm looking. asking. So Well, also, because when we were checking the payload, I put 10 35-inch tires in the back of the bed. It barely squat. Most trucks, my, you know, I have plenty of Chevy 1500s. They squat. They, they, the tires hit the fenders, okay? So this one, I'm, I was quite impressed with the rear suspension. However, we've taken that completely all out and made it four length. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're, the you're doing a hardcore race. So it's it's a different right. thing that the average guy won't do. But, well, Gerald, I appreciate you checking in with us, and we're going to be watching. We're either going to be live streaming KOH yeah. or kingofthehammers.com. Yep. We also, I also have four more cars running. So, yeah, it's going to be a good race for us. You're going to be a busy dude. Holy mackerel. Yeah. Yeah, All right, well, well, good luck out there, and uh, maybe we can check in with you uh, sometime after the race and see how that thing did and, and what you learned from it, because you're now you a gladiator uh, expert, that our go-to <laughs> gladiator guy. <laughs> you got it, guys. Thanks for having All me. All right. Thanks, Thanks Joe. Joe. Talk to you soon. Hey, Holman, is it true what I see on your screen there that we have over 2,000 Facebook followers now? You know what's funny about that is- uh, At Truck Show Podcast? At Truck Show Podcast. I remember uh, you had said- that on your account at work, you had shared the Truck Show podcast photo uh, when I had early access to a certain upcoming heavy duty. Correct. And somebody wrote back, 
those have to be fake or something like that because they don't have 2,000 followers? It was a guy that was trying to discredit the Truck Show podcast solely based on the fact that we didn't have uh, 2,000 followers. We had fewer than 2,000 followers. Yeah. I was like, what does our follower count have to do with our credibility? I couldn't even put two and two together. And then I looked up his profile. He's a and, hater. And he was a, he, not only he's a hater, dude, he was wearing a puka shell necklace or something. <laughs> and he was from like Florida and he was, he has all these. Stand up jet ski photos. I thought, what's you, dude? You're trapped in the. 80s. Should we find him and tell him we're over two thousand now? You have to listen to us. I don't know. I just uh, he hated us, and I wanted to hate him back even more. Well, I still hate him. I don't know anything about him. I've never seen him. I hate him. He was just that guy. Why, why do you got to come at us well, like, it's like that? The same guy who gave us a one star last week. We have almost 350 reviews. We're 5.0 on iTunes. We have five one-star reviews. I know. Did we wrong the dude? I like, did. how do we? But it's funny. Whenever you leave a one-star review, there's not one person who writes anything. They're just like gorilla one-star reviewers. Like, oh, I'm going to come in one star. Now I'm out. It's like, what, do you, what does that accomplish? The thing is that I think those reviews are from people that think that another podcast is so much better. And how dare we talk about trucks? Yeah, right. What do those guys know? What is the. Uh, uh, what is the group? What's your title again? Group chief? What, what, do, you, what do you get? <laughs> yes, I'm the group chief. <laughs> so what are you again? I'm the uh, content director for the truck and off-road group. Okay, well, look. Uh, which it clearly means I know nothing about trucks. Uh, but, you, dude, you've been in and around trucks since you could walk, uh, all right? Yeah. And 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 I'm a huge fan. And, and I admit that I don't know that much, and I'm here to learn. And Holman is the professor, and we're very open about what we do and we what we do not know about trucks. You just said in our trucks. last episode. When uh, was that Matt from Baldwin Park asked us a question about Hino and Toyotas? I'm like, here's my best guess, and I don't know. I mean, we're look, not afraid to we'll, tell you we we'll, don't know. We'll research it. <laughs> yeah, we'll find sure. out. But it, to come at us like, <laughs> oh, those schmucks don't know anything about trucks, or how dare that guy have a first picture of a heavy duty? I'm sure it's fake. And by the way, I hate them so much. I'm going to leave one star. Like, really? yeah, I don't, I don't just, just go uh, about your day. Yeah. It's not, we didn't serve you bad food that gave you dysentery. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And by the way, thank you for all 319 people left us a five star review. Uh, yeah. We, we love you. Absolutely. Those, Those are our people. Getting Those are people. Yeah. All uh, right. So do leave us a review if you are, li- well, obviously you're listening, but we would love a review from you. If you haven't left one yet, it makes a really big difference to our ratings. And we're trying to yeah. stay atop the heap. Yeah. And I, all I care about is just beating Adam Carolla. I got to <laughs> be honest with you. We're, you know? we're less than a year <laughs> in and we've beat him on several. Occasions. Adam so. is a friend, so Adam is a dear friend, and and I. But we still have to have Matt on. We got to yes. make that happen. I know we talk about it. But we Matt DeAndrea, yes. who's the co-host, right, of the Carcast, and we have to have uh, Matt Farah from Smoking Tire, who also said he would be on. Who we we think he's Matt's awesome. Would he come on? I think he's going to come on. Yeah. Dude, let's do it. That'd I be know. awesome. Yeah, is he he's not going to drive down here. Oh, he's no. not going to come in the nah, casting dude, couch. He lives on the west side. He's in Culver what City. What if we send a car for him? Uh, he might. What if we pick him up in a truck? He is down here a lot because he does a lot of car reviews and he has to pick cars up oh. at the Orange County office. So yeah. I'll work right, that. Work that I'll out. Work I think that, he, would be, he would be more fun in the uh, in the studio. Yeah. Matt's a good dude. I've known him for years. Tell him we'll buy- And he clowns me. He's like, yeah, I knew you was lightning on K-Rock and you do the worst commercials and blah, blah. He was railing on uh, me the it. other day. Oh, that yeah. sounds like me. He, yeah. he and I would get along great. He was great. So he, I don't mind haters. Right. Tell him if he makes it to the studio, we will buy him dinner. And, would, and beer. Right, yeah. Well, beer. Let's do it. Beer would work. All right, yeah. Let's get him down here. Okay. All right, what do you want to do next? You want to do uh, Inbox? I think we should do Inbox. You email. Yeah. I email. Do it. We email. That's right. Everybody email. Type it up. You email. Proofread. I email. Send it. We email. Click it. Everybody email. All right, what you got? You got to read or just dance again? 
Dance, dance, dance. Dance, dance, dance. Oh, man. It never gets old. It never gets old. All right, so uh, we have one here from Jonathan Lewis, and he says, uh, what's up, Jay and Silent Sean? <laughs> Jay and Silent Sean. Yeah, it's <laughs> a little funny. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Funny. He says, uh, so a few years ago, I was at the- Is lo- it weird that Kevin Smith has lost all that weight? Yes, because he does not look like Kevin Smith yeah. anymore. But it's good. He's got his health back. Uh, you and I should follow his lead and do the same. Yes, we should. <laughs> so uh, he says, what's up, Jay and Silent Sean? So a few years ago, I was at the Loco AutoZone. I had a part I needed to turn in for a core. After the store employee started my paperwork, he asked me to draw a large Toyota gasket instead of my signature. <laughs> Without questioning it, I complied. Before I left, I asked why. All he would say is that if I wanted to see why, I had to show up at the end of the day. So around closing time, I show up and the manager is closing out the drawers. Apparently, all the signatures have to be printed out at the end of the day. There had to be at least 100 Toyota gaskets drawn on the printout. It was awesome. <laughs> I did my part, or at least I drew a part. It says, as always, loving the podcast. P.S. My last email that started Holman and Friend, which you were clearly oh, yeah. offended by, says, uh, was in response to Lightning's chuckle after my Insta handle was read out loud during the David Freiberger interview. You made me do it. Also, I'm a big fan of Lightning's work. In fact, I got my sister to listen to an episode just because I told her one of our favorite K-Rock people were on it. We do it because we care. Later, Thunder Buddy. <laughs> and that was from Jonathan right, that's Lewis. That's awesome. Right on. All right, this one's from Brandon. He says, uh, hey, Lightning at Home, and I'm a big fan of the show. A buddy of mine turned me on to the Truck Show podcast around episode 28 after hearing about the badass racing grandpa. I was hooked despite the jingles. Dick Lanfield, by the way. Yeah, Dick Lanfield. Um, and I've been binge listening to all of the episodes. Like most others, the jingles have come to grow on me, and I find myself waking up in the morning with your song stuck in my head. I'm writing because I'm obsessed with King of the Hammers, and I've heard you mention it on the show several times, but I, you have never done a story on it. Well, well now, yeah. now we have. Yeah, episode uh, 51 and now 52. Exactly. I know you're planning on going this year, so you should try to get Dave Cole for a sit-down interview. Okay, well, clearly <laughs> this this came before I, our I, Dave Cole. I think that came at the right when we recorded it. Okay. Uh, that email came in and so we had basically crossed our recording with that inbox incoming. So he goes on to say some of the greatest stories come out of that race. I raced it back. Oh, dude, he raced it. I raced it back in 2009 uh, Team HMF number 004. And I was a volunteer before that back in the OG. Oh, dude, he was at at the OG 13 race. Ah, OG 12. Uh, Well, yeah, exactly. (laughs) OG 13 according to the t-shirt. I would love to hear about what that race is doing for people now and what they're going to be doing in the future. Hope to make it back in the driver's seat again someday soon, but for now, I'll be happy to share it with my family for the first time this February. Hope to see you guys out there for the KOH episode 2019. (laughs) And thanks for reducing the suckage on my commute. Uh, Keep up the good work and always remember to mounter your parameters. Size large if you have them, Brandon. So uh, we got this uh, email from our buddy Tim Allen who sent us the ant form for the our 15th episode. Not the comedian, just <laughs> our friend Tim Santa Allen. Santa Claus Tim, Tim Allen? Yes, absolutely. Anyway, uh, I've been trying to see if we could get one of the trade schools on like a UTI or a Wyotech because I think we have a lot of younger listeners who are trying to figure out how to break into the automotive field and that's a, a great way to do it, right? Sure. And so he posts uh, this article up that uh, was from New Jersey. It says, here's a recent article for the predicted demand for auto techs in the state of New Jersey. They're saying New Jersey will need 24,000 new mechanics in the next seven years. And that's just one state. 24,000. Well, hold on. Is this up or down from years past? Well, people are leaving. People don't 
aren't involving themselves in that blue collar work anymore. Like we don't do a good job of of training people for that hands on type of a field. Is this because every millennial thinks they're going to be the next dot com millionaire? Uh, that could be part of it. I don't know if it's every millennial, but certainly a high percentage. I would is this say me listen, bagging on millennials I again. Know, is this I what know. this it is? is? You shaking your so that, This is this is uh, people from everywhere. I think that we saw so much wealth in the very late nineties through uh, mid two thousands. Young people getting yeah. rich just creating whatever yeah. they could dream up Silicon uh, Valley and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And we just, every I think everyone assumes they can make tons of money that way. Well, here's the deal. I, and I don't mean to be Debbie Downer. And to, to like 0.1% of you, this doesn't apply. But to every freaking other person out there, it does. Publishers Clearing House is not coming to your house to give you a check. You're not going to make the NFL or Major League Baseball team. And, and you're not tall enough for and, the NBA. And you're not going to start a band that takes off. So unless you're somehow in that that vein, those things are not happening to you. So starting out by working hard, you are Debbie Downer, right and getting now. some work ethic. You know, we should. Have, don't you think it would be cool to have some representative for like UTI or Wyotech? Well, or I will. I or will Lincoln, tell you, or? yes. And and there is a brand new Fab School out Ooh. in yeah uh, Fab School, um, and they it's it, it's about to explode. I think because. You're seeing guys like our friend Ryan Kibbe, yeah. uh, who started the TIG Only hashtag, and a, a lot of the guys who want to do more than just repair, they want to create, Sure, but maybe they they don't draw. Maybe but, they, well, they want to weld or they want to make things out of metal. The, the beauty of being a mechanic, though, is that you learn about all the subsystems of the car, which I think makes you a better creator because you learn how all those things interact and how they work. And look at our friend uh, Jesse, uh, Jesse Combs who was on the panel with us, uh, for SEMA Education at SEMA. And mm-hmm. she started at a trade school. Wyotech. And look at her, yeah. And look at look at where she is in her career. And look at all people across the industry. A lot of people had that vocational school training. And we even had, what, seven or eight teachers show up, um, come up to us after that and talk about, hey, it was really great for you guys to give a shout out to uh, vocational education. And I'm a voc ed teacher and you know we don't get enough support. And I, I honestly think there's a, a big trend where – for a while, we told kids they had to go to college. You have to go to a four-year university. And I think a lot of kids went and they got like degrees in like the liberal- Theology. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, what do you do with that? And it really hurt the What you do with that training. is you stay in school forever. You become a teacher. You're, you're, you're a student. You're always a student. You're always you never, a student. You never go out and you- And if you do go out in the world, you have a ton of debt and you don't have the skill set that has taught you. If you can't, there's not enough museums for you to be the curator, right? Like that's you're you're the guy now that can't change the light bulb. Right. You've got to hire an electrician. So my whole thing with this is if New Jersey in the next seven years needs 24,000, think think of all the states out there. What does Texas need? Right. So, so there's opportunities. So for you young guys out there who are looking to have a great career and love working with your hands, and maybe you're not a test taking kind of a student, you're a, a visual hands on sort of student. You might want to check out some of those vocational schools because I, I think that you might find a home for yourself and, and figure out what you might want to do out of life. So I think it's cool. And, and these schools good. are not scammy. There there yeah. were schools back when you yes, and I were, were kids. Yes. They would just take your money and give yeah. you a, a BS degree right. and you find out I, I'm not getting any work. Right. These schools are actually legit these days. Oh, the a- ones absolutely. that are still around, yeah, of course. The Wild Tax, the UTIs. Right. Uh, so anyway, I've been kind of chasing that lead. I'd be interested to hear from some of our listeners if they would be interested in having some of those vocational uh, educators or school or programs come on just to talk about what they offer and what those things look like. I think it would be interesting just because I, I love vocational education. And whether you go into automotive or you go into pipe fitting or you go to the electrician school or whatever, those are the skills that are desperately going to be needed in the Dude, next Dude, I years. know a plumber 
that makes bank. Oh, yeah. Bank. Yeah, well over 100000 a year. Well over. This guy's making, well, he does some corporate stuff, oh, so yeah. high rises. So he's stuff, making yeah. well over half a million dollars. Oh, I'm not surprised. I'm and not he's surprised. just killing it. And he's just, he's just like, he's just one of us. Yep. I'm all about that. I think it'd be cool. This one's from Trevor. He says, I love that listener's idea of picking a truck to highlight for sale. Sounds like a cool idea for a fun segment. And we were talking about uh, what just randomly picking out a truck on eBay or Craigslist or something yeah. and then dissecting it, yeah. right? And having some or, fun with it. Or saying this is cool or, or we what should the call, truck? Or call the owner and get oh to the bottom of God. it. Yeah. Why are you selling it? What's really wrong with it? Because <laughs> every, every truck has a story, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And he goes on to say, also, I wanted to share with you guys an announcement that was made today at work that made me think of the show. I work for a mid-sized construction company with about 40 trucks, all Fords and uh, all diesels from F-250s to F-650s. And some of our 16s and 17s, Luma Duties, already have 80 to 140,000 on the 6.7s. Well, the discussion was the rate at which these trucks are breaking down. We're constantly having to get rental trucks to pull the company trucks into shops for fuel system or emission systems related repairs. The hypothesis on leading culprits is the old continued habits of idling the trucks for extended times, sometimes through an entire work shift. The other is fueling the trucks from a fuel cell that doesn't really have a fuel filter on it or it just has bad filters. These trucks are worked pretty hard towing various trailers, so it's not just a commuter truck. It's a shame to hear, and I wanted to see your guys' thoughts and maybe see if some of the other listeners out there could echo the same experience if they have a big fleet of hard-worked new-generation diesels. I plan to suggest all new trucks get purchased with the optional user-commanded regen, as well as maybe installing uh, the FPR that has a higher micron filter in it to hopefully reduce damage from contaminated fuel. Our fleet of 6.0s, our fleet of 6.0s that were bulletproofed and are being phased out as they crest the two to 300,000 mark. So bulletproof, we talked to those guys, right? Yeah, Jeff DeLynn, our buddy over at Bulletproof Diesel in Arizona. Getting 300,000 miles before they have to turn these things in. So he says, my instinct was to say it's a shame that these new trucks don't hold up to the reputation of the 7.3s, 5.9s, and even the 6.2s and 6.5s, or some of the 6.6s whose backs they built on. But I guess, to be fair... With the changing times and massively complex machines come new ways of treating them. I do know one thing. I'm a massive diesel fanatic. But if I had my personal money to spend on a brand new truck, I'd strongly consider gas. If I want to break down, I'll stick with my $5,000 LB7 with 350,000 miles on it. Wow. Uh, I can't disagree. Uh, so going back to, uh, we've got one of our, our regulars, uh, RB, or Popeye, he's written. Oh, yeah, Popeye. So he's been uh, sending me some emails asking about uh, the eco diesel improvements and things like that, and I haven't gotten back to him yet. So I apologize for that, Ray. But you're um, such a flake. I I know. Just or you're busy. busy. Um, but he was asking about some of the improvements because the eco diesels early on had some issues with, I think, bearings and things like that. And I want to say it's because Via Matori had a five weight um, recommendation on the oil, and I think for fuel economy, FCA went to ask for a zero weight. And then, you know, zero weight. Yeah. Wow. And so I think now they're all back up to five weight. Um, and then the the delay on that engine for the new ones is supposed to be because of emissions uh, testing. The government was closed down and they're still waiting for everything to be, you know, to happen. Uh, How do we feel about EPA. the VM Maturi engine? I mean, I, I've heard of some failures on it, but I personally lived with one for, you know, 
25,000 miles. And I loved it. Okay. And it was great. But I've also seen people drop, you know, bottom ends on them too. There are a lot of people that are, most people are unfamiliar with the VM Maturi yeah, which name. Is the, which is the Eco Diesel. So right. the VM Maturi, for those of you who don't know, is an Italian diesel engine company. They are in the same area of uh, Italy that Lamborghini, Ferrari, and all those are. Maserati. Uh, all those. So the same engineering acumen and that same experience, kind of like the Silicon Valley of the of the United States for you know uh, electronics and internet and all that kind of stuff. Same kind of deal, but it's for engine people in Italy. All these great companies are in this area. So they're known around the world for their diesel engines. That's all they do. And for a while, they were owned by GM, partly, and Penske, then FCA came and bought a piece of it and b- bought one of them out. And then FCA bought all of it. So it's wholly owned by FCA now. And, and that's Chrysler for those of yeah. you who do and not And by know. the way, the Duramax 2.8 in the Colorado out front is a VM Matori engine. And the 3-liter Eco Diesel is that's a VM right. Matori. So you, it is. there are VM Matori engines out there that you don't know that, that you may be familiar with. So they're branded as your Duramax or they're branded as Eco Diesel, but they're VM Matori um, products. All that being said, the Wrangler and the JT, the JL and the JT are supposed to be getting, so the Wrangler and Gladiator, supposed to be getting the Eco Diesel. And I'm possibly thinking about picking up a JL to replace my JK later this year. Are you really? Thinking about it. Uh, was going to go Gladiator. How seriously are you thinking about it? Very. Was thinking about going Gladiator. But your but Jeep th- is cherry. I know. It's like really cherry. Yeah, no, and really you nice. just put a new sound system in it. And uh, it sounds awesome. <laughs> <sighs> but there's there's a lot of opportunities to do some stuff with JL. And I'll you know hopefully have those opportunities to do them the same way I did on my JK. And uh, so if anybody's looking for a 40,000-mile 12 uh, JK, let me know with uh, Bill Stein Bypass. Are you serious about selling it? Uh, If I decide to get a JL. Are you going to sell two Jeeps in the time it took me to sell sell zero trucks? (laughs) Hopefully you sell your truck by then. (laughs) Anyway, so I'm torn because I'm a manual guy. So I'm thinking I'll do the gas engine with the stick, the V6, because the 2-liter doesn't come with a stick. My opinion is the 2-liter is great for a stock vehicle. Great if you're going to leave it alone, but once you start adding a lot of weight and, and killing the aerodynamics, probably not your best choice because now you have a small engine that's stressed. I like that engine a lot. It's a torque monster, and it's way faster than the V6. They also have the Eco Diesel, and by the way, the Gladiator doesn't come with a 2.0T, so that sort of proves my point that right. you, you know once it gets a lot of weight and capability, you might not might not be the best. However, right, just a little too little, little power. Nina Barlow, who runs Barlow Adventures, who rents Jeeps in Sedona and Moab, who is a freelancer for us and who is awesome, has a two-liter on 37s, and she invited me out to go drive it because she says it's amazing. So I might be wrong. Anyway, I like the stick. You can't get the stick with the diesel. You can't get the stick with the four-cylinder. You can with the V6. That being said, where I'm going with this is I have to agree with Trevor. I was a hardcore diesel guy. After all, I'm the guy who ran Diesel Power Magazine before KJ came on. Mm-hmm. And I love diesel. And I live with a 2.8 Duramax Viamatory, uh, Colorado ZR2, every day right now. But I'm just seeing all the crap and after treatment hanging off of it. And I'm like, maybe I just get a gas. As in fact, I was talking to Gail about this this morning. Yeah. Well, the thing we started off the show with today where I, I said that I couldn't talk about something. It's got a lot of that stuff you're talking about hanging on it. Hmm. And uh, it's not it's not anything that the other engines don't have. But right. when you see it and you go, wow, that's, that's a, a lot, lot of emissions yeah. equipment on there. So, and I do, we've had this discussion in nauseum. Yeah. But I do understand the delete guys. It's still, it doesn't make it any less illegal right. to delete your emissions equipment. But I do understand I understand it. why it's you It's a do. lot of very... 
from a mechanical standpoint, a yep. very un, a lot of unnecessary gear. So if my decision, Dude, it's so funny. I'm sorry to interrupt. It's so funny. I follow some guys on Instagram that are deleting trucks like left and right, and I can't believe the EPA hasn't called them. But it's 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 shops all around the country, and they're like, here's another one, and it's a pile of parts, yeah. a foot tall. Three feet square. Just, I hope they're putting them in a storage container that they can put them back on the trucks when the EPA comes calling. Man, and they got to, yeah, I don't know what they're doing, but it's just amazing how much crap is yeah. bolted so, onto these so, trucks. So here's the deal. I, not to go wild with uh, I'm buying a new Jeep or any of this stuff or or, or why I'm looking, but my point and how I got there was that there's a diesel available. And I'm torn whether the next vehicle I purchase is going to be a gas or a diesel. If it's the same vehicle and I have my options, there's things I love about diesels. But with all the emission stuff and the problems people are having and hearing the problems with the uh, six sevens from somebody who has a couple hundred thousand miles, I don't put that many miles on my vehicle during the year because I'm driving other things. And so I would hate for the warranty to run out just uh, on time alone because I'd never get there on mileage. What about your towing situation? I always have things that I can tow with. So, you know, I, I, I likely wouldn't tow with the Jeep. So you don't need diesel. So I don't diesel. need that. I like the range. I like the off-road range. If I'm going to go camping, go through Death Valley on one tank all weekend and do 300, 400 miles off-road, that'd be nice. Mm-hmm. I just don't know. You know, the, Even as a truck expert, even as somebody who touches these products all the time and, t- and talks to the manufacturers and has all these interactions, so even I'm a little wary of the new diesels. As much as it's exciting to talk about Ram with 1,003 yeah. pound-feet of torque. 1,000 officially. The, oh, right. Someone had dynoed it right, and got right. the extra three. Yeah. Right. 1,000 officially. As exciting as that is, are the manufacturers, because of the government, killing their own product? Yeah, so I, I, you have because to have diesel in that class. So I'd say that's a bad example for that class of truck. But for your daily driver, like Gail and I were talking this morning, going back to Gail Banks, so we had breakfast this morning. One of the things we talked about were the gas, turbocharged, direct-injected engines today are so good that you don't, the, the the fuel economy benefit of let's say the Duramax in a Colorado ZR2 versus with a six speed uh, automatic versus the 3.6 with 305 horsepower compared to 186 mm-hmm. and the eight speed in the gas Colorado miles per gallon is not that different between the two and you're saving thirty five hundred dollars which can get you some other options and stuff and I don't know how long it would take you to pay back that thirty five hundred dollars you know because it, it's going to take a long time fuel economy wise so I'm like. And I like the way the the 3.6 throttle response is so much better than the diesel. I mm. like the diesel range. But again, when I was coming back in that Colorado from Michigan driving cross-country over Father's Day, I saw some pretty decent numbers on that. I saw mid-20s. And the best I've done in the ZR2 is like 24, mid-20s. Right. So You're I, really conflicted. I am conflicted because I want to love diesel. And I, there's a lot of reasons I do love diesel. But when you add the extra cost of maintenance, you add the extra complexity – you add the fact that you have another fluid with DEF that you have to add. You add another system that can go wrong. And you just start thinking, hmm, the gas engines are so freaking good today. So I'm torn. I, I would tend to say that um, if you're not towing and hauling, that an appropriate gas engine is better than an inappropriate diesel engine all day long in today's world. I think that no one could disagree with you. Thank you. I mean, I, I like the appropriate the, gas uh, rather uh, than the inappropriate diesel. Yeah. Yes. If you we don't know need a lot of 15,000 pounds. We, really we know need. that we have a lot of uh, guys on the road with inappropriate diesels. We've yeah. discussed this. Yes. 
Anyway, Chris Meyer, uh, <laughs> let's, let's get on to our last email here. Chris Meyer says, Dear California Pompous, I saw a thing on Facebook from Mike Finnegan about being on your show. It wasn't until a couple of months ago I started listening to your podcast. The jingles and banter made me think of the Ron and Ron show, but I doubt a couple of So Cowboys would be familiar. That would be So Cowboys, not So Cowboys. Okay. Uh, would be familiar with a show from the Sunshine State from about 30 years ago. Have you ever heard of the Ron and Ron show? No. Okay, I'm just curious. I didn't was know it was it a radio. A must be a radio show? I guess. I don't know. It says, uh, God save me from those horrid jingles. Plus, I was getting irritated by how you wouldn't leave that poor mounted parameters girl alone. If I wasn't working in the machine shop while listening, I would have utilized the skip button for all the jingles and making fun of that girl, but I suffered through them. Working 12-hour overnight shifts, it didn't take me long to catch up on all the episodes. Yeah, buddy. Now my coworkers hate your jingles because I sing along with all of them. <laughs> and if Miss Mounted Parameters was going to be at the Daytona truck meet, I would be headed over there 45 <laughs> minutes from me just to meet her. Yes. Recently, because of your show and the interviews with Mr. Gail Banks, I looked into a turbo kit for my 1984 M1008 Cuck V. Ooh, good man. Powered by the 6.2 liter. Unfortunately, I did not see a listing for my 6.2 application, so I made a contact through the website. A couple days later, I woke up and was getting ready for work and noticed I had a missed call from a number I didn't recognize. I checked the voicemail and it was Mr. Gail Banks had personally called me back. <laughs> Man, that made my day. I was going to call the Five Star Hotline and leave you all a message, but I don't think I had the right number. It says, I'm looking forward to the upcoming tow episode along, and yes, we are still working on that, along with the coming update of the 2020 Ram Heavy Duties. My poor 2011 Ram 1500 4x4 is overworked and isn't cutting it for what I use it for after getting rid of the Freightliner. After getting rid of the Freightliner. What? He has a Freightliner. It was like- Why did he get hey, rid of it? Some people have a Miata and a minivan. He yeah. had a Ram 1500 and a Freightliner, apparently. Yeah, jealous. <laughs> it says, the 5.7 has okay power for what I need, but the payload and suspension just aren't up to it. I would have already traded on a power wagon if they offered it with the Cummins. I was thinking of having the dealer find a 2500 or 3500 tradesman with the 6.7, which, by the way, is badass. That's their uh, work model with the vinyl floor and everything. Mm -hmm. says, uh- Without the electronic four-wheel drive shift and in a bright color and adding Detroit True Tracks with lower gears. But once I heard about the CGI block and eight-speed transmission, I decided I would hold off on that. All right, so CGI block comes with a six-speed transmission. Mm. Only the gassers have the eight for uh, 20, 2019. He says, uh, y'all need to make it down to Florida for a mud bog event. Yes, Dirt Every Day went to one, but that wasn't a fair representation. Oh, interesting. It says, my stock height Ram 1500 has been in many of the mud bogs, as well as my Jeep JK when it was on 33s and now 37s. The Cuck V is the toy for the mud and sits on 38 and a half inch boggers. Attached is a couple pics of my 4x4, none of which are good on fuel. If I cared about mile per gallon, then I'd take out the Harley. <laughs> Remember to keep an eye on those key engine parameters. Signed, Bumpstick, a.k.a. Chris. He says, uh, Chris has written us before. He says, if you have any truck show stickers, I'd love one for my ride. Sunday, I'll be at a mud bog event, and I'll try and get you some pictures. All right, well, for Chris, thanks, dude. Here we go. I think he also mentioned... Yeah, buddy! Yeah, he did. Yes. I would love to go to Florida and do some bogging. I would love to do that, too. I don't know how we're going to make that happen. <laughs> I don't. It's not possible. <laughs> All right. Should we get uh, Mr. Jeffrey Transu on the horn? Oh, is that our next guest? It is. I know Jeffrey. How do I know Jeffrey? How do I know I Jeff? I don't know how you know Jeff. I know Jeffrey. Jeff. I think someone turned me on to Jeff because I needed a uh, a rendering at one point. Okay. And then I found out that Jeff- I've seen his rendering. They, uh, in Truckin' Magazine, they have like a rendering section. I've seen them in there. You have right. not only seen them there, you've seen them on West Coast Customs. He used to work for Ryan Freelinghouse. Oh, okay. All That's right, well, how you might know Jeff. We should give him a call. Yes. Hello? Jeff, Lightning Home and Truck Show Podcast. How you doing? What's up, dude? Hey, I'm great, guys. How are you? Fantastic. Oh, before we can talk to you, we got to play an intro. Pull up a stool and share. Pull up a stool and share a story. Pull 
a stool and share with us. <laughs> Jeff, will you pull up a stool? <laughs> All right, I got the stool intro. <laughs> uh, so uh, I want you to share about that thing that you put on your Instagram that Lightning and I both looked at each other and go, what is this dude smoking? Well, it happened just, I think, uh, was it last night? I was sitting on the John, and I, as everyone does- You texted through- me from the John again, <laughs> didn't did. you? <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I'm like- I'm looking at this uh, this 3D beautiful 3D rendering, and it's an it looks like an F250 slash 350. Can't really tell. And then all of a sudden, I notice that something's missing. <laughs> the center of the wheels are missing. Now this is a hubless truck, and I was scratching my head. I immediately sent it to home, and I said, "Hey, is it possible?" Because I know it's been done with motorcycles, hubless motorcycles. Yes. Yep. I don't yes. know if they're belt or chain or whatever. We'll get to that. But I thought, I I don't recall ever seeing something like this. And I thought, oh, it's just, this is Jeff's concept. It's never going to be reality. And I texted Jeff and he's like, no, there's a dude that's actually going to build this. And I said, well, I've got to get you on the horn. So how did this come about? Whose is it? What's the concept? Where is it going to be seen? I'm, I'm doing this with... Um Tim from Ballistic Cycles. We've been working together for years. I do a lot of motorcycle stuff for him. He builds these phenomenal high-end hubless motorcycles. Uh, a lot of really cool stuff comes out of his shop. And uh, just the uh, level of craftsmanship is outstanding. Uh, the machine work and the precision um you know, uh, machining that goes into fabricating all the parts are just incredible. You, you, if you haven't seen them before, you really need to check out his motorcycle. So that's ballistic motorcycles or ballistic cycles? Ballistic cycles. Ballistic yeah. cycles. And I think I saw one of his bikes in a paint booth at SEMA this last year, the year prior. And I was marveling at it and I yeah. took photos of it. I totally geeked out. And I I had seen Hubless bikes before in um you know on instagram or whatever but i'd never seen one in person and in did you person, stare at it for a while and i try did and figure out like how how this actually works yes i really <laughs> did do that and i thought this did it blow is... your mind and then you had just had to go home uh yeah we didn't just <laughs> i went back to the hotel yes no but I, I thought it was like this is pretty novel and is it just a showpiece or is it really functional how would it operate etc cetera, etc cetera. here's the problem i see with this uh this concept of hubless wheels uh, I see a bunch of dudes trying to do YouTube videos of throwing stuff at your truck to see if they can make baskets <laughs> while you're driving by and eventually diving through it. At, you know, I just see all sorts of bad things that could happen from this. <laughs> well, I, can, yeah, can, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> can the suspension cycle properly? Like, I just have so many questions. Is it what about the strength of the hoop? Right? Does it have? Because normally the strength is derived by the center section of the wheel. So is the strength of the hoop okay? And then it looks like they're using some sort of a portal axle arrangement off of the the factory axle to attach the wheel. I mean, I was looking at it trying to figure out. Yeah. I'm like, this is fascinating. Well, to to design this, Jeff, you had to know a lot about it, right? Or did you just draw it and hope it could work? Well, you know, he's built the motorcycles. They, you know, they work great. They. Uh, you know, put a lot of miles on those hubless bikes. So it's basically the same principles. We're just doing it, you know, on four corners here on a truck. Um, and we, you know, kind of already have the, uh, the parts and configuration all worked out. Um, so I knew how to mock everything up in the rendering, how to build the 3d models. And so we made it that far. We don't have the actual parts that you're going to use in production yet. So I got it close enough to make it happen in the rendering. And then when they have like the actual electric motors, there'll be an electric motor per wheel, by the way. When they have all those in hand, we can pull the actual dimensions from it and go back and fine tune the 3D model. 
So it looks like you're going to a four-wheel independent suspension, and each wheel yes. has an independent electric motor on it. So like Correct. this is wrong on every level possible. You're pulling out know, the Ford six seven. The Ford six seven engine is gone, and what's under the hood? Oh no, it's still there. It, it'll what? Be, there, there's going to be a turbo diesel on board uh, to act as generator to power the electric motors because that's why insane. Not? That's crazy so talk. overkill. We need why to would send, you do that? We need to send somebody over there in a straitjacket. <laughs> stop messing with our trucks, man. <laughs> I wish I had a cuckoo sound effect. <laughs> cuckoo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, you know, it's, it's something like this has never been done before. And it doesn't have to be practical. It just has to be cool. It has to be fun, you know. But isn't part fun, of... What are you really doing? Well, I mean, but what's cool is it has about, <laughs> I don't know, 40 inches of crowd clearance? Yes. Yeah, yeah. You, you're not going to get high-centered on anything. A, uh, but, a fourth grader can uh, walk straight under the thing and not hit his head. Except for the drop hitch. The drop hitch is <laughs> the, lower than anything the else The hitch the is like 36 yeah. inches down from the bumper. <laughs> Which, yeah, look out for the hitch. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> it's hanging up on something. I um I'm looking at it in your what's cool. So uh, Transu Design T R A N S O U Design uh, on Instagram, yes. and you have it animated, which is super cool, right? Um, you know, a lot of times you yeah. see renderings and they're static. This is an animated rendering, so it keeps playing over and over again and showing you different angles of what's happening here. And like I said, the best way to describe it is it is it's a tire wrapped around a hubless wheel. And there's an apparatus on the backside, and so there are a, a subframe that there's no longer solid axles. It's a tubular subframe that's anodized the same color as the wheels. Red. It has a dual coilover and independent suspension set up on each corner and a freaking electric motor. <laughs> this, I, I mean, yeah. this, my, it's one of those things where my mind is blown, and I don't know, I don't know if I think it's cool scary, if I want to go chase down Teslas and make them afraid of it. I just, I don't know how to feel about it. Do you think it's that awesome. he'll pull I it just... off, Jeff? Yeah, it'll be built. If anybody's going to do it, it's going to be Tim. He, he He's the man to do it, for sure. Hmm. Do you think if we talked to Tim, do you think that we would think he was awesome or insane? Tim? Yeah, Tim's a cool guy. You should talk to him I sometime. think we. I think you're going to have to forward me his info and... We might okay. need to talk to him. We do need to talk to him because this is so radical that uh, it's, we have a lot of questions. And, and this yeah. is, listen, there's no question that if this shows up at any show, including SEMA, oh, yeah. Daytona Truck Meet, or wherever, this is a crowd pleaser. You yeah. could, you yeah, could park sure. a mini truck inside one of those wheels. <laughs> I really could. I <laughs> can imagine. for a 2020, SEMA 2020. SEMA, SEMA 2020. 2020. Okay, right. so this would be a 2019 F350? Um, well, the body, uh, we might actually switch it over to a GM body. You'll have to uh, talk to Tim about that. I'm not sure uh, what he has it in mind. Already exactly, has the independent front suspension, know. so probably easier right. to adapt the uh, the subframe in. Now, as cool as that thing is, I don't want to make it all about that because if you scroll down your Instagram feed, there are a ton of freaking awesome uh, renderings in here. Yeah. Now, cool. Thanks, now Jeff, let's talk about your background. People may know you, your face, because you spent quite a quite a few years working for Ryan Friedlinghouse on West Coast Customs, correct? Yes. Yeah, I worked at West Coast Customs as their in-house designer for, for years. Yeah, did a lot of cool stuff there. You know, it's a pretty neat place to work, just something different all the time. Now, those were all the years that you didn't get a paycheck, right? <laughs> that's an inside joke against uh, Ryan uh, yes he's got a lot of employees that uh, uh, yeah hey, anyway so, so yeah, keep, yeah. keep on moving here <laughs> so tell me about um, 
who are you working for these days? What crazy other builds have you been uh, designing that could never actually be made in real life? And and then if someone wants a rendering, how do they get a hold of you? Um, well, you can get a hold of me. Um, just my uh, email, Jeff at transuedesign.com or um, stop by my Instagram, transuedesign, and uh, you can send me a message from there. Um, but, you know, mostly what I do is just rendering project vehicles for people. Um, I do some, you know, some things for fun uh, that'll never be built. But most of my time in front of the computer, I'm uh, rendering vehicles that are going to be built, you know, by private individuals or shops or, or whoever. Do you have any favorites? I mean, are you a are you a truck guy? Do you like motorcycles? Because you do have bikes on here as well. Do you like sports cars, et cetera? What's your personal fave? Like, where do you where do you think that you shine? It's kind of hard to say that I have a favorite because I really like doing something different all the time. Like I do a lot of big wheel bagger stuff. And then the next day I'm doing a drag car. The next day I'm doing a hubless truck. And it's really that, that variety that just keeps me going and keeps me interested all the time. I don't only want to do motorcycles or only do trucks. I even do like some like home interiors, like, uh, oh, wow. you know, 3d models of, um, architectural stuff and uh, a little bit of product design and I just, uh, you know, try to keep it interesting and do a little bit of everything. So if somebody, if somebody wanted to hire you to do a rendering, to build their fantasy car, whether it's going to go to SEMA or maybe it's something that they'll never build and they just want to hang it on their living room wall. um, What does a 2D rendering run someone versus the new 3D rendering, which seems to be what's taking over? Like why would you get 2D if you can have this thing rotate 360 degrees and the camera can move in really close and get great detail and move out? What are those different costs? Um, cost, uh, I mean, the cost can be about the same between 2D and 3D. It just kind of depends. You know, it's case sensitive. It depends on the vehicle and the degree of difficulty and the amount of hours that, that go into it. Um, something 2D could be anywhere from like four to, um, you know, up to a thousand dollars if it's really complicated. And um, it has no start- hubs. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, a lot of people don't know what they want. And so you have to show them many different things and you keep cranking the hours into it, showing different variations and changing this and that and colors and paint and wheels. And, uh, but then you get some people that know exactly what they want and you can crank out the rendering real quick and it's, you know, fairly inexpensive, but uh, so 3d is kind of the same. You're still switching out those parts and colors and changing things and, but 3D, you can, like you said, uh, just move the camera around and render it from multiple views. So if you're doing it in 2D, you're going to have to do a new rendering for each view. But if you're doing 3D, you just build your one 3D model and you move your camera around. So if you want a lot of views, 3D could end up being cheaper than doing 2D. Interesting. All okay, right, so I have, a, uh, I have a bone to pick with you. And that is I'm scrolling through your Instagram page and you have teased us with your 1960 Ford farm truck, and then you say something like, the old farm truck, she might look pretty good laying frame. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. So I start scrolling through your feed, and there's no rendering of it. Yeah, what's up with <laughs> that? What's up with that? <laughs> that is actually my stepfather's truck. He actually learned how to drive in that truck. Oh, very cool. <laughs> yeah, and still owns it. So you got to render that thing. one day. <laughs> Even if you render it with uh, with the patina and everything, you have on yeah. here, you know, with some uh, smoothie Detroit Steel Wheelco uh, wheels, I think that would look awesome. I've got a 67, but I love that old Ford vintage iron. 
And so I was yeah. looking forward to what your vision was for this thing. So I kept scrolling, and I'm like, he just teased me. He didn't. There's no payoff. I'm, I'm angry right, right. now. I'll, I'll do that tomorrow. I'll all right. Tomorrow. And what's this with this 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 damn rat rod? Weird. I don't even know what this thing is. Was it a half Ford? rat rod and half suicide locomotive? Suicide doors. Oh, yeah. On a That's it's on a train a... track. It looks like a locomotive, but it's a car. <laughs> like what is this? Like it's so it, nothing's ever been more steampunk. Yeah, right. Than this. If I was truck. in a steampunk video game, that would be my ride. Yeah. Well, the whole idea behind that was um, taking a game which has no cars, um, Red Dead Redemption 2. Which, which is rad. Know, is an awesome game that I love. It's, you know, turn of the century there. It takes place in like 1899. And... You know, my thought was like, what if there was a car in this game, given, you know, there were actually cars around at that time. So uh, if he could get his hands on parts and materials, like what would he build to like, you know, cruise around? And uh, so that was pretty much it. Just kind of my idea of uh, taking available parts and um, materials and techniques like the cab kind of looks like a steam train from that era. And it's It's it's, it's like set up to where you can switch out the wheels and run it on tracks or you can you know put the tires back on i have another one i'm about to post where it's got um skis in the front and uh tank tracks in the back for cruising (laughs) in the snow (laughs) i love it i love that you put yourself in that world and imagined hey what could i what could i do i mean basically what you did is said if i lived in the uh the red dead uh era what job would I have? And instead of rendering a horse with like a cool saddle, you said, I will build this guy a car. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> have you I reached know, out man. to the game creators and said, hey, you might want to think about incorporating this into the game? I'm pretty sure they're going to call me any day now and offer me a job <laughs> or send me a cease and desist, one or the other. Yep, that's what's going to happen. All right, well, you guys uh, follow Jeffrey Transu on Instagram. It's Transu Design, and that's T-R-A-N-S-O-U Design. Awesome. Thanks yeah. a lot, guys. Yeah, thanks yeah, for coming. Uh, it was really great talking to you. All right, we're going to follow the feed, dude. Yeah, we're going to keep our eye on you, and uh, and if you have something cool that piques our interest, we're calling you back. Okay, cool. Yeah, oh, I'll yeah, thank you uh, if and, I have something cool to post. Yeah, and send me the contract so we can uh, get ballistic on the phone. Okay, yeah, I'll send you his info. You got it. All Talk right, brother. Soon. Appreciate it. Thank awesome. you. Thanks a lot, guys. Right, great right. talking to you. Right, later. Bye-bye. Holman, can you check your watch for me? Because I need to know what time it is. Uh, I do not need to check my watch to know that it's time for the five-star hotline! Show call the five star hotline six five seven two zero five six one zero five. It's the five star hotline. Hotline. Hey guys, Jordan here with Daytona Truck Me. Just hey. wanted to go ahead and put my RSVP in for the pre-show you guys are doing out of LST. I will be there. I will be one of your first five people showing up. So I'll see you guys there. And hey. Let's uh, work on something for maybe Daytona Truck Meet, pre-show, truck show, podcast, official meetup. Let's do it. Love Jordan. That's a nice plug. Jordan, thanks for being our very first RSVP. <laughs> now we know we'll have at least three people at Lone Star Throwdown. Uh, oh, no, we had our other listener who said he was happy that we were coming, but he didn't RSVP for our uh, little get-together. So we might have four people, you, me, and two others. When, we, when you say RSVP, did we put out, like, a you put something on Facebook? No, we said it in the last episode. Yeah, but we didn't say, like, how did we say to get a hold of us? We, we should leave a message on the five-star hotline and let us know if you are going to join us. Well, yeah, I was, right. Okay, well, we need to actually make an event, don't we, in Facebook? Oh. We need to put, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's smart. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to your podcast, what you step in, 
Hey, it's Matt from Old Park again. Um, thanks for giving me the most information that I can receive from anybody about Toyota's lack of diesel. I, I, you know what? I could never figure that out myself. <laughs> uh, I laughed out loud at work and people looked at me strange. Can you guys really get somebody on the podcast about the gas tax for California because I really don't speak legalese and to be honest, I'm not going to look into, uh, you know, the real, real thing, but, um, yeah, break it down by yourself me. Thank you. Bye. So he wants to know about, oh, don't even uh, get, oh, uh, don't get me started. Don't, dude, he did uh, the bye thing. Uh. Well, don't even get so the buy thing unless you're in LA. You yeah. don't know how much that pisses me off. Yeah, well, and, and then he brought up the, the the politics of gas tax, and and that just stopped. Now I'm in a rage. Yeah, we're not going to do that. We're not going to and and <sighs> so angry. What's his name again? This is Matt, right? Yeah, Matt from don't, Park. Yeah, no more gas tax talk. Yeah, we're not going to do go there, and and no more bye. Should we? I mean, do we have to explain the gas tax? Here's the bottom yeah. line. This is I will throw this out here. We'll talk about it one time, and then we're going to leave it like it's dead. The frickin' gas tax, the California state legislator said, we are going to tax you. And they passed it without a vote. So then we signed petitions to repeal it. Right. And so we're like, sweet, now the tax is going to come off. And we're going to be without this stupid gas tax that we never asked for in the first place. Right? Yes. And then the way they wrote the ballot was confusing. So it made it sound like if you're voting one way, it was for the other way. And then we ended up voting to keep the gas tax. We are so stupid in California collectively that we voted to keep a freaking gas tax. The hell's wrong with you people? No, it's like the people that I live next to. We we in, in the city of Long Beach where I'm at, the city said we need a rainy day reserve fund. And they said, vote in this tax, the sales tax, so we can have a slush fund. And they did not say what it was going to be used for. Nope. And so the entire city voted in. I'm like, you just yes. willfully gave they more money. They did not say it was going to be for potholes. They didn't say it was going to be for the homeless. They didn't say it was yeah. nothing. Yeah. They just said we, we need, need a, more money. We need more money. Are you bumming me out? We need to move and on. And everybody this. voted. I'm like, what's happening here? So we people are thinking you know, we're, we live in California. It's true. And it's freaking true. What's happening right, here? We need to move on. I'm getting right, yeah, my blood pressure through the roof right we're now. We're going to move on. Thanks, and, uh, Matt. And, and Matt, the Bayi thing, that is from the. So I worked at K Rock in L.A. with the Kevin and Bean show for all those years, and another dude launched a morning show directly in competition with us. Stole all of our bits and sound effects and everything else. But his little tagline that all of his callers use is "Bye," and so that makes me, you know, rage. <laughs> it just does. It just but, does. But he's doing it because clearly no, he's, he's not. listened before. No, he's not. He listens to them. He doesn't listen to K Rock where I worked. He listens to the other station. Well, boo! He just, boo on you, Matt. He just outed himself. Oh. Don't call us anymore, Matt. <laughs> I'm over you. Unless it's good. You get, you just... Hey, Holman and Lightning. My name is Sarah. I'm actually the wife of Justin who got caught. It's only took oh, his phone because busted. I'm busted. You know who that is, right? Yeah. That's the guy who claimed. That he grabbed his wife's phone and that she wanted a t-shirt and he gave us five stars. But she said, no, you don't get a t-shirt. I get the t-shirt. And so we said, you're full of it. You're trying to get two t-shirts out of us for free. Right. And so we said, you better have your wife call and corroborate your story. This One who got him listening to the podcast. You guys are great. We enjoy the show. And yes, I will give you guys five stars. 
by the way, I have to say, I think it's funny is that no matter how many times I show Justin his steering wheel was off center in his Chevy, he never believed me. It took the two of you guys to tell him so that he would realize it. So I guess thanks for having my back. You guys are great. Thanks. That is awesome. That's right. Thank you, Sarah. Jaboobly and Holman saving marriages (laughs) everywhere. Oh, so now we have to freaking mail out another shirt. I'm We're getting fine low with that. on shirts. I'm fine with that. I'm just sad because we sent out two massive shipments of shirts, and we're dwindling, and we need some shirts left over for Lone Star. And I just, I've, I'm sad here's for what all we of do. our listeners nope, here's who what are we expecting do. a shirt. Here's what we do. Here's what we do. All right. I'm sorry I'm talking over you. We make one of Matt's new designs, and we bring one of those with us to Lone Star. I mean, I love the T-shirt idea. I just wonder, uh, you know, we'll bring some to Lone Star Throwdown to, to give out. I think we need to have some shirts to give out. Sure. But what I'm worried about is I can't afford another $1,000 T-shirt bill. <laughs> wait, 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 shut the <laughs> F up. I'm the one that bought all the shirts. You bought nothing. So then we should probably sell shirts and refill your bank account so your wife continues to allow you to do the show. I know. She's like, I thought this was supposed to make me like a, a money-making experience. And I'm like, no. That was year five. Total... Haven't you seen my business plan that I put forth? <laughs> total loser, this thing is. Uh, we just no, 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 no. It's, it's not, not a loser a, at all. It's people not a loser. Love, people love this. I didn't say the show was a loser as if it's the content is bad. Uh-huh. I'm saying that as far it as is, though. monetarily, it's not good <laughs> it's, for us. It's not working out for <laughs> no, us too well. But fortunately for you guys, we love doing this. And yes. you seem to love us doing this, so we'll keep doing it. We'll, until we'll we keep don't. trying. Yep. Until we don't. We <laughs> want to hear from you. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. That's truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email. We will read it on the air. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. Oh, oh. And don't forget. Well, I'm going to keep that in. That's awesome. And don't forget to hit us up on our socials at Truck Show Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> and uh, did you just say the suckage meter? Do you see it was like a Richter scale went bing, 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 just like hit the edge? Oh, it was like bobbing all over the place. We, suck it, suck how it, suck it. Well, we were doing so good for so long, <laughs> and then we just fell apart this episode. Yeah, I don't know what happened. You know who's going to get us back on the rails? Ooh, I know. Could it be our presenting sponsor, Nissan, with the Titan or Titan XD that have the best warranty in the industry, five-year, 100,000 miles, or could it be Decked, our associate sponsor that has those awesome cargo storage solutions, or could it be Billy Bargain? <laughs> Billy Bargain can always get us back on the rails. <laughs> hey, everybody, this here is Billy Bargain down in the truck Let me tell you, I've been listening to this episode of the podcast. It is one of the worst podcasts I've ever heard. <laughs> you boys suck. You suck a lot. But what I want to tell you is... I love you so much. I love you so. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to help you guys out. You tell all your listeners, come on down to the truck around my Billy Bargain. You mention your friends in the truck show podcast. I will give you, I don't know, something. Something that makes them feel like they didn't waste their time. Listen to the episode 52 of the truck show podcast. And we can all leave happy. Yeah. Billy, 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 Billy. Billy. <laughs> yeah, buddy.